Picasso Apasso <laughs> Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Paso Paso podcast. My name is Miles. Thank you for joining us here. And also thanks to KNC for their partnership in helping to air these live here in Talc, New Mexico. Paso uh, is an organization, uh, or rather a network of organizations that support families and, and young children here in the Taos area. And today we'll be discussing a few different topics with Pam from UNM Taos. But I'll let uh, you introduce yourself. Pam, thanks for being here. Hi, I'm Pam Remstein, and I am working under the Early Childhood and Education and Development Program, um, where we focus on teacher pathways or with people who are interested in working with young children, infants through age five, and their families in a variety of different capacities. Great. Thanks again. Um, and so some things that we'll discuss in this um, conversation include the 45-hour class, and we'll explain what that is, as well as um, some of the broader work you're involved in. For those listening who may not have heard of the 45-hour class, they might be wondering, 45 hours of what? So 45-hour is just meaning the time it takes to complete this training. We are actually offering it as a three-credit elective, um, which is great because then it's some credit towards a college degree. And 45 hours just means that's how long it takes um, to do the actual course. And it's focused on um, learning a little bit about everything, the seven um, competency areas in early childhood that New Mexico State has laid out. Those being um, health, safety, and nutrition, child growth and development, guidance of young children, curriculum development, family and community collaboration, literacy and language, assessment and evaluation of programs, and professionalism. Those are the seven areas that the course really focuses in, and it gives you a little taste of each of those areas. And this is really an introduction to early childhood and will give um, somebody an idea whether this is something they would like to study or not. It's the minimal amount of what one needs to actually work in an early childhood center. That sounds like it covers a really wide variety of um, topics that people, I guess, really should explore if they're working in that field. Um, and there's so many aspects to um, to, I guess, to any role that you have in an early childhood center. We've mentioned this on previous podcasts, but part of the uh, 45-hour and the education provided to those who will work in the early childhood field um, focuses on a comprehensive understanding of uh, not only early childhood development and, and possibly, like you said, curriculum and more the business things, but um, I also hear a lot of discussion around quality. Can you speak a little bit about uh, what does quality mean with respect to early childhood education and why is it important? Well, I think quality is a tricky word because it's subjective. However, at the same time, I think when we think about um, a center that we would want to send our children to um, or a center that we would want to work in, let's think about that there is first and foremost safety, but also there's a lot of love and kindness 
occurring in the classrooms and with um, even in the hallways when you first walk into the building. And that there's a lot of care given and thoughtfulness to how um, the curriculum is developed. Um, for example, how is the curriculum being developed, such as um, really learning, gui guiding children um, through the path that they want to take in their learning process. Also, teachers are thought of more as researchers and they are developing their own questions about child growth and development and learning and are developing curriculum in that manner. I would say that um, you're really looking at an environment that is friendly, that allows children the space to explore, to be curious, to wonder, and teachers are also have that space. And most importantly, families are welcomed into that space. And that, to me, um, is a off-the-cuff uh, synopsis of quality, in my opinion. It, it got me thinking about um, perhaps a shift, an uh, increasing shift in perception among the public of what it means to bring your young child um, to a, a setting during the daytime and what that ch child's experience there is. I, I imagine I can recall from my childhood, um, of course I was only a kid, but my thoughts surrounding what my mom expected from my experience during the day um, in pre-K and things uh, included, hopefully I didn't get hurt or do anything really bad. <laughs> um, maybe she was thinking about more than that, but I wasn't aware of more than that at the time, of course. Um, just to say that there's so much more that children experience during the daytime, um, aside from just hopefully being uh, safe and, and physically safe. Uh, do you feel like that perception is changing the public? And, and maybe it's a little late, but I'm, I'm glad it's starting to happen. Well, I think that your perception of your mom is probably from that aspect of early childhood care. And I would say that while that is still an important aspect of early childhood um, environments, um, the education piece is key. The question is, how is that education being unraveled? And hopefully it's being done in a thoughtful, reflective manner um, where teachers and children are working together to create a curriculum. Um, and what I mean by that is teachers are observing and documenting children's work and thinking about what are children wondering about in their work? Where do they want to take their work? What questions do they have in the work? And at the same time, teachers are saying, what am I wondering about in, in what these children are doing and saying and how they're working with materials? Um, and yes, we are mandated by the state to look at certain um, um, learning guidelines. These should be an afterthought, in my opinion, in that if we're doing really deep work as educators, those things will naturally occur. We will naturally um, cover those areas and those and so that's just a background guide for us because as teachers, we want to see, our, we not only want to see ourselves, we must see ourselves as professionals, that we can create curriculum, that we 
are capable and we um, we already know the guidelines. We don't need to be uh, totally centered on those guidelines and rather more focused on our abilities to explore our profession with children and families. Absolutely. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. That's okay. Another thing that comes to mind hearing you say that was is that um, you know during this time uh, we're recording this currently um, in the middle of September 2020, and um, early childhood centers were considered and are considered a essential business, um, but it seems to be hopefully raising greater awareness surrounding the importance of these roles and the people who um, are in these positions working with young children and. Um, it sounds like all the things you're involved in are really uh, connected to helping adults in our community uh, become greater practitioners in that field to the benefit of both the kid and the families of our community. Is that kind of an accurate way of, of sharing it or is there anything else you'd like to say about that? Well, I think that, I think it's accurate. And I think that what we want to think about too is yes, early childhood people, educators are essential workers they are teachers, they are professionals, and they need to be treated as such. And that they they go to school, they have to have an education. Our um, UNM Taos's associate level program is, is quite rigorous. And um, we have created it in a way that um, it is a teacher residency program, meaning like a doctor, our students are required to participate in a classroom, either one that they're working at or one that they have been placed in, in order to um, really use what they're learning in in their coursework in the classroom and to really delve into all aspects of professional development um, and to really be a co-teacher with their mentor teacher, if that makes sense. It does, and I just think it's it's wonderful how thorough the process sounds, and something that I think would be fascinating um, to go through as an experience. And the forty-five hour class, which we've been talking about, as far as the offering from UN, UNM Taos, um, this semester uh, is going to be free. Is that correct? It is. We are really excited that we have a grant from the Brindle Foundation that will allow us to have this be a free course for um, our students. This is a great opportunity if you're contemplating teaching or you're just starting out teaching, you're just curious about it, um, you will get a good taste. And talking about our modern times right now and how we're adjusting is um, classes online. We, it has been rare that the 45 hour has been taught online. It's brand new. Um, so it'll, there'll be a lot of different new components that, um, if you're new to online, you'll be able to learn how to do that in a very, um, slow tempered manner with the, um, instructor, as well as learning the early childhood. This will prepare you for college. Um, if you decide that, um, after the 45 hour, this is something you want to seriously pursue, then you'll need to start going to taking classes and following the Early Childhood Education Development Program course load. Um, So the course will have Zoom hours. The course will have 
online discussions, which is like talking to somebody, but you're writing letters back and forth or emailing back and forth. Um, there will be videos to watch of things happening in a classroom, listening to professionals talk. The instructor will also be recording herself um, and sharing information. And there'll be different readings as well. Um, and all this um, is with an experienced 45-hour instructor, Josie Salas, who um, may or may not be known in the community, um, but is a longtime early childhood educator and advocate. Wonderful. Um, if someone's interested in, in enrolling in that class, because uh, this is a really amazing opportunity and a very rare one um, for our community, what would you suggest as a first step? Well, the first step would be to get enrolled into UNM Taos. So you would go to um, Taos Admissions, one word, at unm.edu. So that's Taos Admissions at unm.edu. And um, they will get back to you about the application process. The other thing to do would be to, um, if you have further questions, you can email me. And my email is r-e-m-s-t-e-i-n at unm.edu. Um, I can also be reached at 737-6266, 737-6266, and I can help you through the process if you have any questions. Um, also note, this is going to be an intense course through the month of October. I did forget to say that, and that's important. So this is just in October, and it's a real intense one month, which is great because then it's one month, and then it's, it's over. And then you'll have the opportunity to use what you learn in a classroom um, if you're working in one or if you're about to be hired. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for your time, Pam. Um, I look forward to... Uh hearing how the class goes, and welcome everybody to reach out to you. Thank you, Miles. Once again, thank you to Pam for joining us today on this edition of the Paso Apostle podcast. Thank you for listening, and we do have many available episodes, some that have been released already and a lot more that are on the way. You can find the Paso Apostle podcast on your favorite podcast service, uh, which includes Apple Podcasts and may already be on your iPhone, as well as Spotify, and we also upload them to YouTube. Just search Paso Paso Podcast, and we look forward to staying in touch. Please subscribe, and uh, have a great day. Paso Apostle <laughs> Podcast. Mm-hmm.